Hey, Pastor Stephen here. Welcome to the Abundant Springs podcast. If you haven't already, be sure to check us out online at AbundantSprings.Church. And now, on to this week's message. The privilege of introducing our speaker today. He's someone that is is near and dear uh, to my heart, to to many of the people in our congregation. He spent the summer interning with us here at the church. He has a servant's heart. He has a prophetic gifting. And I believe that the word that he has to speak to us today is going to not only be challenging, but uplifting. So let's put our hands together for you and Erickson as he comes to share with us today. Hey guys, um, I don't have a, I definitely don't have like a cool sermon illustration for you guys today. Um, I know those are cool usually, but I know I, I had this, um, I don't know how you call it. I had this vision a few weeks ago. Um, I don't know if anybody's familiar. Um, sometimes the Lord will show a picture or show something to someone to share with other people or even for internal stuff. Um, but I think that, and I think that you guys can get on this boat too, that (laughs) sermon illustrations definitely have their place sometimes, but I think Jesus is the best illustration that can ever be had ever. (laughs) So don't, don't get, don't get freaked out if I, if I went for this, for this, but so I I want you guys to put yourself in my place for one second. So I'm, I'm in the gym. I'm with my friend Joash. I'm pumping some iron. I'm getting the big triceps, getting the big biceps. Um, because remember that sermon I preached about how fat I was? I was definitely trying to resolve all of that. Um, but let's just get serious here for a second. I was sitting there, and I don't know about you guys, but the last month of October, I felt a little bit weird just in terms of my spiritual life, a little bit of physical life too, but I, I've been feeling a little bit weird, kind of foggy. I don't know if anybody's been feeling foggy also lately like just a weird kind of fog kind of coming over them. And it's just like, it's almost like something's interrupting your prayer life, interrupting your relationship with the Lord. So I was sitting there, I don't know, I was, I was on a five-day kick almost of just this, I don't know, I don't know. I was just on this five-day kick of feeling gross. It was, it was weird, it was odd, it was just foreign. And as I was in the gym, I was asking the Lord, because I was just at an all-time, Ask the Lord, what is going on here, Jesus? I feel so weird. I feel so dry. Where are you? And in that moment, I was kind of taken into like a, I had my eyes closed, and I kind of was taken into this third person kind of a view. If anybody's ever seen, had a vision before, maybe they've kind of seen that. But for me, it's kind of weird. Just kind of, just kind of imagine with me for a second, everything kind of turned a little bit blue and kind of like, like I was in the ocean. And, man, I, I don't know. He turned me around in the spirit. He turned me around into the back of the gym, and I looked in this back corner, and it was black. It was kind of like this black, weird substance. And that's not uncommon to me. I, I usually will see kind of like a weird black stuff or something. It's like, oh, look, there's evil over there. Just avoid that or pray for that person or something. But this time it was a little bit different. It was like this weird black stuff and I just wasn't sure what it was and as I looked closer at it in the spirit as I looked deeper into it I noticed oh those are bats and they're flying around and oh they're flying around me what's going on and yes don't laugh at me I know it's like Halloween was yesterday um and (laughs) bats Halloween uh whatever um but 
I was, what are all these bats doing here? And then, so I, I, I kind of came to my senses and I, I asked, I was talking to Joe Wash about it and I just felt such an urgency to prayer. I don't know about you guys, sometimes you just have this like, oh, I need to go pray. I need to go be in the presence of Jesus. So I went and I, we, I just booked it home and I kind of felt bad because I just kind of left Joash like halfway through the workout. Um, but as I was driving home, I did something that a lot of us have, here have probably done before. I was so angry at the devil. I was so angry at him for putting these bats around me. How on earth would you even think about trying to surround a son of God with evil? That's not even your place to do. And I was calling him down. I was telling him all these things and I was rebuking him. But as I was come to know, and a lot of us maybe here today, rebuking is not always the answer to seeking a deeper relationship with Jesus. Rebuking the devil is not always the way to get rid of him. And I, as I was, I was there, came home, I, I, did, I, did feel him, I, did, I did feel the evil leave me, and I, I sat at the foot of my bed to seek Jesus. And I just sat there, and I was like, Lord, what is going on? And immediately, <laughs> this is going to sound kind of funny to you guys, but I was, I was brought kind of to this place. I, I was still awake. I, it wasn't a trance or anything, but I was still there. I just had my eyes closed, and he was just showing me these pictures. And me and him, oh, I feel Jesus. Me and him were standing in this house, kind of mansion kind of thing, um, who here has watched Despicable Me? I know it kind of seems kind of weird. Has anybody here watched Despicable Me before? Um, okay, <laughs> it's a kid's movie. But um, in Despicable Me, um, the main character named Gru, he lives in this really big house. It's probably about 120 feet tall. It's gray. It's black. It looks like an old haunted mansion is what it looks like. And this is the building that me and the Lord were standing in. We were standing just, just in front of the door, just a little bit into the building, and it was just huge, dark, tall. Like I could see the windows, and there was windows on both sides, and the moon was coming through, and I could see the dust, and I could see the shelves with some stuff on it. But it was eerie because there was no walls in this building. It was just a big open space. It was just black, a big open space. But here, here's the cool thing. Here's the really cool thing. Me and him were standing there, and we were both white, and we were both glowing. He was just a, a figure of a man, just glowing kind of like in Revelations, for those of you who know. And I was over here... And I was glowing also. I was white. I had this kind of like force field kind of thing around me. It seems kind of weird. Just, just stay, stay with me. I'm almost done this. Um, I had this kind of force field thing around me. And I could still see my face, my hair, my everything, but I was glowing. Um, just before I keep on going, this is a crazy thought just came to me. <laughs> just like I was glowing, like I was white. If you're still calling yourself a sinner, you're not. If you've given your life to Jesus, you're not a sinner anymore. You've been made saint. There's a lot of people who don't like that statement, but you're actually made perfect in the Father's eyes. Amen. You've been made perfect in the Father's eyes, and when he looks at you, he says, my beloved child, who I am well pleased in. Just like I was glowing, you too glow. So I was there, and I was... Oh, man, I feel him. <laughs> as, I, I, as I was there, I was looking. I was like, okay, Lord, where on earth are we? What are we doing here? And... I looked up into the roof of the building and almost like three big beehives, there was three massive columns of bats about 100 feet up. And they were huge. They like came all the way down almost to the floor. And they were just like these huge columns of bats. And I'm like, Lord, what the heck? Why are you showing me all these bats? I know it's getting close to Halloween, but that's just weird. 
that's just so odd. So I, I kind of, I open my eyes and I, I, I'm still awake and I go into my Bible app and I'm looking at what does the meaning of bat mean? Like, what does it mean? What, is, what does bat mean? And I looked in the Hebrew and the Greek. I'm not well-versed. Ask Pastor Stephen if you want to go into the Greek or something. I'm not your guy. But I was looking through the cyclopedias. I was looking through the concordances and I started to notice bat, obviously, for those of you who know, in the Old Testament, it's called an unclean animal. You're not supposed to eat them. You're not supposed to touch them. Um, so they're, they're, they weren't okay to eat. Now, now they're fine to eat, but I, I, don't, I wouldn't want to eat a bat, personally. Um, but, <laughs> like, as, as I was just reading this, okay, so he's unclean. Also, another a name for them is bird of darkness. Okay, so bats symbolize evil. Bats symbolize something not good, something dark, something that's not natural. It's not light. And... Then I started going deeper and deeper. What is this? Okay, here's another thing. Okay, okay, Lord, what, what do you show me? And he showed me bat is actually used a few times to as a metaphor for something that lives in a dark place, like a cave, like where bats live, in secluded places, in a place where there is no light, in a place where it's alone, dark, and dingy. Okay, so what am I getting? Something that's evil, that dwells in unapproachable places, in a place where there's no light, in a place that is hidden. Okay, Lord, this is starting to come together. Starting to come together. And then he led me to a verse, and this is the funny part. Some people, it's just so funny. Some people just, the Lord will be like, in their devotional time, and he'll be like, here, here's like five different verses that will completely apply to your situation. Okay, that just never happens to me. You know, like, I, the Lord never, ever gives me verses, so this was just like, uh, just kind of a shot in the dark almost. And this is in Isaiah 2.20, so just, just read along with me. On that day, people will throw their worthless idols of silver and gold, which they have made to the moles and to the bats. Now just, just listen with me here for a second. This is kind of confusing, but in that day, on the day where Jesus comes, where Jesus is here, people will realize that they are putting something higher than him. They will realize that they're putting something that they have made, it says, which they have made to worship. The devil won't always give you an idol. The devil will never give you an idol. You have to be the one that takes the initiative to make it. And they will say, this isn't good anymore. This isn't good anymore. I need more of Jesus. And they'll take what they have and they'll throw it back into the darkness where they made it, took it from. (laughs) Idols as in something that you just have put much further in front of Jesus. So, As I was sitting there, I was I went kind of I closed my eyes again and I was just there sitting there looking confused as all of us are. And all of a sudden in my hands was a gold lampstand. Not a menorah, but like a long pole with a base, three candles in the end. Now I have no idea what that symbolized at all. Um that's for probably a different time, but I was holding it in my hands and I was like, "Oh, what the heck?" <laughs> Glasses come off. That's how. That's how 
enthused I was, just whipping around. And as that was happening, as I was holding this thing, I was like, Lord, what is going on? I was so confused as what this was. Lord, where did this come from? How did I get this? Where did it come from again? Like, just asking, where did this come from? And you know what he told me? He told me, let it go. Let it go. And I'm like, Lord, how did I get this? Where did it come from? I'm so confused. Why the heck did it just poof into my hands? Why is it gold? Why is there three lampstands? Why is there a base to it? Why, is it, why am I holding it? And let it go. Let it go. Sometimes the Lord will make you and tell you to let something go that you don't even know. You don't even know what it is. He'll ask you to let it go in faith. So I said, I finally, after about, I would say about a good three or four minutes of going back and forth with him, I said, okay, fine. Okay, I don't know what this is, but I am in full surrender to you. So I took it back into the darkness, just like the passage talks about. Back to the birds of darkness. Back to the ones that are in the darkness, that live in darkness. And just then, this kind of weird, funky hand kind of came out and grabbed it, and there was some weird noises and stuff and pulled it back into the darkness. And at that moment, as soon as that happened, the Lord took me, turned me around, and we walked out of the doors of that building, opened the doors, walked down the cement stairs like three or four stairs and with the moss and stuff on them and there was like those gross weird like old railings that were like all twirly black ones and as i was walking down these i kind of was curious what does this building look like so i look up and i look at it and this building is a church so i was like what the heck is going on i looked next to the church and there was actually a graveyard next to the church with 40 or 50 tombstones by it. Actually, this is a crazy thing that just came to me right now is that the people who do not allow Jesus to lead them out of the darkness will die in the darkness. That's crazy. I was wondering what that tombstone uh, was just until now. But he took me and he walked me down the road. It was kind of Halloween-y, dead trees and stuff. And we walked and slowly, slowly, slowly he started to disappear from my side, from my left side. And I was like, why are you disappearing? And then he kind of told me, he was like, you're not always going to have me right next to you because I live inside of you. You might not always see me, but I'm right here. I'm closer than a brother. I'm closer than your skin. I'm closer than the breath in your lungs. So don't be scared as we walk together. So I kept walking. I went down this path and there was a white line on the ground. And after that line, the trees stopped. It was just a pastel green on the ground, kind of like a soft green grass. And I sat there, and I, I, without even thinking, I crossed over the line, and I started walking. It was kind of weird. It was like, it was like in Revelations in the New Jerusalem. There was no sun. It was just bright all over because the brightness, the light of the Lord surrounded me. Jesus surrounded me. There was no darkness. As I walked down the path, just like, remember, for those of you who remember, there's a kid in the Alpha that I ran last year who was self-harming, and his self-harm scars actually came off his arms when we prayed for him. And as I was walking, I looked at my arms, and there was wounds, there were scabs, there was old scars, and they started to come off my arms the further I walked down the path. 
And at the end, not the end, at, at just a certain point in the path, I met the Lord again. I met him again. Man, he's so good. And as we saw each other, we continued to walk down the path together into his glorious light. So I know that was kind of a long intro, but that was my introduction. I promise the rest of the sermon is going to be a little bit shorter because of this. But I just want to pray with you guys quick that the Lord will open our eyes and open our hearts to receive today. Lord, Jesus, we feel your presence, the presence that can only come from you. Lord, this is dedicated to you. This is dedicated. We're all dedicated to you here today. Lord, take us and do what you'd like with us today. Be with us, Lord. You're so good. You're so good. You're so gracious to us, Lord. Today, mold us, shape us, and show us the root to repentance today, Lord. In your mighty name, amen. Now, before I just continue, I've got two points I'd like to talk about with this that the Lord's been showing me. Before I say that, I just want to let you guys know this is not a vision of the end times. We've already been given that. This is about how much the Lord is seeking us today. This is not a vision about how to get rid of the demons in our life. This is about how to let the Lord in to us, to change us forever. This is what this is. And he wants you guys to know this too. He gave me the, he gave me the go ahead to share it with you. So, oh man, I'm so happy I did because that's like a, kind of came off. It was just like, wow, like I've been needing to tell you guys this for like the last like month. But, I want to give you guys two things today. <laughs> that there's some people in this room today, and I, and I saw some head nods that have been feeling foggy this last month. They're feeling kind of weird, feel a little bit distant, feel like there's a blockade, a barrier in front of you. I want you guys to know that there's an answer for you today. Whether the blockade has been stress, whether it's been you know, family stuff, whether it's been too much work, maybe you have an addiction, whatever it is, the Lord is calling all of us to give up our idols today. Today. He doesn't want us to walk any further with our idols. He wants to he wants him. He wants to be our only joy and our only worthy possession. <laughs> oh, I feel Jesus. Now I want to let you guys know, here, here's, here's one key, that Jesus is the answer. Now get this, Jesus is the answer. You may, may have had a pastor tell you this a million times that Jesus is the answer. Yes, the Lord is the answer. Hallelujah. Preach that good word, Ewan. Yes, Jesus is the answer, but I want to you to think with me for a second. The Lord doesn't give the demons what they want. The Lord doesn't give you a get-rich-quick scheme. Jesus isn't the answer to that. Jesus isn't the answer to that. Just stay with me for a sec. 
it's one step further for a believer. I'm not talking about unbelievers here, but I'm talking about believers. For us as believers, Jesus is the answer, but to get to the answer, which is Jesus, we need, and listen to this, we need a reckless pursuit of intimacy with him. That is the way into the presence, is intimacy with him. Some people aren't going to like this, but we should come to the place where we are able to call him dad. Some people might say, that's not showing him respect. No, actually, that's showing him the greatest respect because that's what he wanted. He wanted intimacy with us. We should be able to look at him and say, Daddy, I love you so much. I need you. I need your presence. I need more of you, and I need to change into you today. I need to be more like you. We need a reckless pursuit of intimacy with Jesus, to have Jesus completely change us. If we want to give our idols up today, the only way to give up an idol is with intimacy. But just listen here for one second. If you are trying to walk into intimacy, if you try to walk into intimacy holding on to idols, it's probably not going to work very well. The Lord will be there. He will transform you. But only you can get rid of your idols. Only you can throw your idols back to the bats. Back to the darkness where it came from. So the Lord can turn you around into complete repentance out the door. And take you far beyond what you've been in for your whole entire life. Because if you hold on to idols, darkness attracts Darkness. If you hold on to darkness, darkness will come to you. Just like me when I was in that gym, I was holding on to some kind of darkness. There's a lot of people who've been holding on to some kind of darkness. And if you're saying, Lord, I just need these bats to go away, Lord. I just need this darkness to leave me. But you're sitting on the couch watching seven hours of TV. Like, it's only going to work to a certain extent. Because only you can give it up. Because by holding on to that darkness... Holding on to that, <laughs> by holding on to that, we're allowing darkness to come around us and surround us. But here's another thing, if we want to grow in intimacy, is that by having an idol, we are automatically putting something above him. You guys want to know why the Bible talks about adultery so much? Especially adultery with the Lord? It's because we are intimate with something that's not Jesus. We are intimate with something that's not Him. And we're committing adultery with Him because He's supposed to be our companion, not porn. He's supposed to be our lover, not the family. That's a hard one. That's a hard one. We're supposed to be putting Him over our kids, over our family. They're a close second. They're a very close second. But if we put anything above him, any idol above him, we are no longer as intimate as we can be with him. Amen? So first off, just like I said, we need to develop a reckless pursuit of intimacy towards him. We need to be in love with the Lord. Just like it says for the church of Laodicea, you have lost your first love. I don't know if that's Laodicea or which, which church it is, but in Revelations, you have lost your first 
love. We need to come back to our first love. The way to come back to our first love is to give up our idols. And the way to give up this idols and get back to intimacy is the second thing I want to talk to you guys about today is full surrender to Jesus. We can never be in a full place of intimacy if we're not in full surrender to the Lord. Full surrender is everything. And do you want to know what that first type of full surrender is? Walk you out of that darkness? Full surrender is saying, yes, Lord, I will, without a doubt, take this and throw it back to the bats. Throw it back into the darkness where I took it from because I love you and I want intimacy with you. For us today here and this this message yes it, it's not a, it's not a message for the whole church of Canada it may apply for the whole church of Canada the whole church of America but this was very specific towards our church today for the people who attend Abundant Springs and for the people who live in Pincher Creek also like it's not it's not just our church it's also the people in Pincher Creek for Chinook for Creekside for the ones who go to the Lutheran Church the Anglican Church the Catholic Church yeah Catholics too and people who go to the United Church. That we need to be in submission to him. And we need to say, Lord, I'll do anything for you today. I'll do anything for you today. <laughs> I, want to, I want to bring you guys into John chapter 3. Uh, this is a passage where he's talking to Nicodemus, one of Israel's most critically famed leaders of the time. And he's got some questions for him. But I want to bring you guys into 14 here. Listen to this. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. Amen. <laughs> for God so loved the world in this way that he gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. Hallelujah. That's an amazing verse. Wow, like a child, childhood favorite right there. That's probably the first one I ever memorized. <laughs> For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. You guys are not condemned. If you guys falter, if you guys fail, if you guys forget to spend, you are not condemned because Jesus did not come into the world to condemn you. He came into the world to save you, to save all of us today. That's what he did He's not a God of condemnation. People get that so wild that he's some faraway God that wants to judge everyone. But he's a God who came to save us. Anyone who believes in him is not condemned. But anyone who does not believe is already condemned because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. This is the judgment. This is the important part. Listen to me on this. This is the judgment. The light has come into the world, which is Jesus. And people love darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil, hiding. For everyone who does evil hates the light and avoids it so that his deeds may not be exposed. But anyone who lives by truth, we all claim to live by truth here, don't we? comes to the light so that his works may be shown to be accomplished by God. Some of you guys, might, your, your gears might be 
clinking in your head. For us to come into a place of full surrender, we must step into his glorious light with him inside of us, walking into paths of righteousness and goodness so that goodness will follow us all of the days of our life. If we expect to stay in the darkness, to stay in that old rickety building and experience goodness, guys, you guys got to realize this. The hard part sometimes comes first. Giving it up comes first, usually. Full surrender means that you need to give up first, and the Lord will take you wherever he wants to. (laughs) The Lord will use you however he wants to. If you want to be used by the Lord, because there's so many people in the early days, and maybe even now, in the early days especially, Lord, use me. God, I need to be used. I want to go to the nations. I want to shake up the world with your power. If you want that, all it takes is to give it up to him. For a lot of people, there's some people who have been, I know I've been listening to the Lord, and there's one person that's been really dealing with depression lately in this room, and anxiety especially. Um, I mean, you, you don't have to say who you are. I won't make you say that. But for people who deal with not feeling worthy, because there, there's one person like that, but there's also so many people who have been feeling unworthy, especially with the cloud around them, have been feeling like, Lord, where's my calling? Lord, I've been wondering, where, where are you taking me? Lord, I need you. What's going on? I don't feel worthy to be here. God, I've been sinning. I've been messing up lately. But he didn't come to condemn you. Remember, I was just in pre-service prayer and he wanted me to tell you guys as I was listening to him how much you guys are loved by him. How much you guys mean to him. How much you guys are worth to him. That you guys were worth his son. Get this. I, it only came to me. I was talking to Pastor Stephen over coffee a few, about two weeks ago. And... When he was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, just before his death, Jesus was talking about, Lord, he was praying to his Father. And he was telling telling him, show them that they mean just as much to you as I mean to you. Did you know that we actually mean just as much as Jesus to the Father? That's a crazy statement. That you actually mean just as much to the Father as Jesus does? Actually, even more because he sent Jesus to die for you. (laughs) No greater love than this than one that will lay down his life for a friend. Amen. Amen. Jesus came to do that. And the way that we can actually step into this, step into this beautiful, pure love, is by just like in this vision, being in intimacy with him where we know and we can see him standing next to us. And then when when we see him standing next to us, we can say, Lord, what do you need to change in my life? And he'll tell you, give it up so that you can give in to me, so that I can come into you. Amen. The judgment is that we need to step into light and not be hidden in the darkness. If we stay hidden in the darkness, we're just like the devil because we're hiding in darkness. We're being judged by the same judgment the devil's going to be judged with. 
So we need to take ourselves and thrust ourselves into the light by giving up, by giving up what we thought was so valuable to us. You guys notice that it did say silver and gold, so they are valuable items. They may be very valuable to you. They may seem valuable to you. But the Lord's more valuable to us. He is more valuable than anything that we could ever want. Ever. Because the Lord is the one that laid us down in green pastures. TV doesn't lay us down in green pastures. Politics doesn't lay us down in green pastures and besides still quiet waters. The Lord does. Lord, I, I, I ask you today to bring to light truths, to bring to light dark secrets, God, that have been hidden in the place where evil dwells, God. Because the crazy part is, is that sometimes the Lord needs to lead you into the darkness to give your darkness back so that he can lead you into the light. God, I ask to show this congregation this today, online, in person, right here, right now. Lord, I ask you right now, press on these people's hearts that it won't just be a putting a hand up on Sunday, calling it good for the rest of the week, but it will be a lifelong transformation. It will be a lifelong transformation. So Lord, I ask right now that you will be with all of us today. In your glorious name, amen. There's one more thing I need to just share with you guys quick. I know. I haven't been too bad on time. I thought it was going to be like an hour, but I'm definitely like half an hour right now, so we're doing good. Doing good. Um, for us, there's so many problems that we face. I was talking about this at pre-service prayer. But there's so many problems that we face in the run of a day. And you guys might know, like, whether it's judging someone, whether it's just general sin, whether it's just, like, you know, you have that addiction, you're not actually able to, you don't, you don't feel intimate with your wife anymore. You don't have time for your kids anymore. Mm. That those problems don't go away by just being intimate with him. We don't go to him in intimacy and say, Lord, oh, I want to be intimate with you so all these problems go away. That's not how it works. That's not how it works in the kingdom. <laughs> but by being intimate with the Lord and going to him for pure intimacy's sake, by doing that, we in turn turn into a new creation. You know what it says in Romans? we become a new creature. No, not a refurbished creature. Not a semi-new creature, refab. We turn into a completely new person. And the more we transform into that person, the more we transform into them, the more we become like him. And the more we become like him, the less problems we deal with. There's some people in this room that have been stressed the heck out this week. I've been stressed the heck out this week. <laughs> but to get to the place where stress doesn't affect you anymore, and I've experienced this, to get to the place where stress doesn't affect you anymore, 
means you surrender all to the new creation, to being conformed into the image of the Son of Man. In a way, if problems weigh you down, you need to become like Jesus. We all need to become more like Jesus every day. This is the craziest statement. Did you know that the Christian faith is a faith of death? But get this, that might sound so crazy to you. The Christian faith is a faith of death because every single day we need to die to ourselves more. Every single day we got to walk up the hill a little bit farther and we need to walk away from our dead body that is hung on the cross with Jesus a little further every day. It's a, it's a, it's a ministry of death in a way. Not in the negative sense, but in the sense of I'm okay leaving behind the old me to run after the new me. Because just like in the story of the prodigal son, we need to take who the father is and apply it to our life. The father in the story, the king, the one fashioned in awesome robes and splendor, when he saw his son a long way off, he booked it to his son. Kings don't do that, but this king saw his son a long way off and he booked it. We need to be the same. God calls us to be made in his image and to be like him every day. And if we want to be like him every day, we need to run to him every day. Run further away from that cross that's behind us with our old dead body on it and closer to the new creation that he is making us into. Amen. Mm. Thank you guys so much for joining us this week. Um, I know I'm kind of happy to get rid of Pastor Stephen too for a week. Um, it's nice. It's nice. Trust me. I'm just joking. I love you, Stephen. <laughs> um, but continue on with us in this series. We're, next week we're going to be talking about, get this, we're going to be talking about Jesus next week. <laughs> we're going to be talking about Jesus next week. <laughs> because coming to church, get this, is not about listening to a way to make your life better and to live more wisely. Coming to church and listening to a message is actually about knowing him more. Get that? That's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> but thank you guys so much for coming today. You guys are amazing. I, I'll see you guys next week, and you guys are all dismissed. <laughs> awesome. Okay, thank you guys. See you next week. Maybe you're listening and you've been seeking Jesus for a while, trying to make sense of who he is and what he's all about. I want you to know that God in his infinite love has been pursuing you. God wants to have a life-giving relationship with you. But the fact is that every person is born with a rebellious heart and is separated from the life that only comes through a true relationship with their creator. So God did something magnificent. He knew that we could not repair the broken relationship ourselves, so he came to us. And we're told that while we were still sinners in active rebellion against God, Jesus Christ died for us. In John 3.16, Jesus said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. So, if you're ready to have that newfound life through a relationship with Jesus, I'd like to invite you to pray a prayer with me, confessing with your mouth that Jesus is master and believing in your heart that God raised him from the dead. 
As you dedicate your life to following Christ Jesus, you will receive forgiveness for your sins and you will be adopted into the family of God. Let's pray. God, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I deserve the consequences of my sin. However, I'm trusting in your Son, Jesus Christ, as my Savior. I believe that his death and resurrection provided for my forgiveness. I trust in Jesus and Jesus alone as my master and my savior. Thank you, Lord, for saving me and forgiving me. Help me to leave my old ways behind and to live as you would have me live from this time forward. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer from your heart, I want to welcome you into the family of God. Your next step is to connect with a local church so that you can be shown how to grow in this new relationship with Jesus. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join us again next week for more Bible-based encouragement.